You're listening to the Beyond the Page podcast, where we talk about all things art. Beyond the Page is a project from PRISM, Oregon State University's art and literary journal, made for students, by students. Hi, I'm Christine. I'm your host here with Cooper today. He's one of our lovely volunteers. So Cooper, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, yeah, I'm Cooper. Um, I'm a senior here at OSU, creative writing major, and I got really into Eurovision a couple weeks ago. <laughs> and that's what this episode's going to be about. So for those of you who don't know what Eurovision is, it's this European song contest hosted by uh, the European Broadcasting Union. Um, and actually, the thing is, is that the name of the channel that it's on is Eurovision, and the name of the contest is Eurovision Song Contest, but everybody just refers to it as Eurovision because Eurovision is iconic and Eurovision is not iconic. It also sounds so much cooler than Song Contest, which <laughs> yes. is very accurate, but an incredibly just like dull name. Incredibly, yeah. Yes, that's accurate. Um, yeah, but... How it works is basically over uh, like less than a week, so in about three days, um, every country who's participating is, submits a song and or an original song, um, and then they're played on live TV in two semifinals and a final, and the all the countries that like this is broadcasted to will vote live on which songs they like and then those will all go to the semifinals. Yeah, it's a real it's kind of cool that it's more oriented towards just like general call-in voters instead of, you know, like a lot of the shows we see over here where we got like a panel of judges who are kind of their own personalities. It's just it's really about the music and I think that's really cool. Yeah. And um the funny thing is about the like who goes into the finals is so um, from each day, 10 entries from the semifinal go to the final. But then there's also the like, quote unquote, big five. There's France, Germany, Italy, Spain and the UK. And they are all the like they're the big five because they're the biggest financial contributors to the competition. And so they automatically get into the final um, yeah, along if, with the previous winner. Yeah, if they weren't there, then they would they, the, they would be worried that no one would watch because such a huge portion of the like viewing audience wouldn't be there either because they make up such a large portion of that. Um, it's definitely caused some of the other countries to sometimes feel a little slighted, like, oh, they just get in for free no matter what's happening. But... Yeah, it's, you know, money talks. That's a pretty big part of running an event like this, and it's huge. It's huge, so they, they really need that financial um, side of things. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, but it's also, it's interesting. Right, right. right. Well, it's, it's especially interesting. I think I read that Germany was the one, was kind of what started the whole thing, where Germany wasn't going to get in a couple times, and that was what prompted Eurovision to kind of make this rule where they're like, well, we can't not have Germany in. We really we need them to be a part of this. So, yeah. Sounds like Germany's just like a little like butthurt. <laughs> like, 
yeah, air come on, guys. Like, like oh my gosh i'm not getting into the final well well what about my money yeah Excuse it's me? the they're the it's <laughs> sugar daddy for for the eurovision <laughs> competition like of sugar daddy yeah yeah, yeah. i was also like hey my buddies over here that they also give a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but when the competition goes on you can vote by like texting or on like the eurovision app um and it's really funny. There's um, on Wikipedia, thanks to Wikipedia. Yes, we, we only do the most hardcore, intensive research through the best sources. Yeah, but they have a political and geographical voting <laughs> graphic, which is quite beautiful. So it shows like which countries tend to vote for each other and which countries tend to not vote for each other. And UK and Ireland over here, like, buddy buddies. <laughs> yeah, they're just buds. They're voting for each other yeah, a lot. Yeah, same with, like, Belgium and the Netherlands. It's really fun to see, like, because, you know, it's it's supposed to just be a regular competition, but it's a bunch of different countries, kind of like the Olympics. You know, if, if the Olympics was crowd voted, could you imagine the sort of biases <laughs> that would arise from, like, different countries? Like, yeah, I just, what, no, the, the... The Ireland runner just did really well. I'm just, yeah. You know what's, okay, uh, what I find also interesting about the Ireland-UK thing is in uh, in our extensive research right. of watching all the winners from uh, the last uh, all of Eurovision, yeah. uh, what we found was that for some reason the UK is just runner up so much so much it was so it was crazy much. we we went through all the winners and in the corner it would always say who the runner up was right it felt like half the time the uk was the runner up it lit <laughs> genuinely like they were the runner up all the time but what i noticed also was that in the few times that the uk actually won ireland came in <laughs> second uh yeah it was pretty great they're like right behind them yeah, they're always sticking together. Sticking together, UK and Ireland. Yeah. I mean, they're very geographically close, I guess. But uh, yeah, it's very it's very interesting. The other cool thing is that also, in addition to the chart showing which countries tend to vote for which other ones, there's another chart that's way more confusing that's about which countries tend to get neglected by other countries' voters, which is um, it's a lot more of a mess. But there's just some countries, man, that... Uh, just don't get a lot of votes. And, yeah. yeah, seems like uh, Belarus and North Macedonia are just people just aren't really into them. It I seems. guess not. I guess not. Yeah, and you know that stuff's bound to happen again. Um, so the uh, kind of origins of Eurovision, it was based on a Italian music festival, which is kind of interesting. And uh, then they just decided to kind of expand it out towards uh, a larger, a larger area, and it started in uh, 1956. It's been going ever since, except for 2020. Uh, but uh, or was it 2021? The uh, I believe it it's was 2020, right? 2020, yeah, because of the because of COVID, yeah, they couldn't present, and so. Uh, they did have a special non-competitive version of Eurovision, though. Eurovision, Europe Shine a Light, uh, was produced by the organizers, and it honored all the songs and artists that would have competed in 2020, uh, but in a non-competitive format. And this is actually where I found out 
about Eurovision because a friend of mine showed me one of the 2020 performers who didn't get to compete and I loved their song so much. It was so much fun. It was a really great time. All right. So here's the thing. Why are we talking about Eurovision? Eurovision is just amazing. That's why. Like, <laughs> American singing competitions are letting you down. That's that's what's really oh, happening sure. here. Uh, just Eurovision is just it's just beautiful. Um, I can't quite describe to you the performances and why they're so different, but we we can talk that about that a little. Yeah, bit. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. definitely in like a lot of the modern things we saw in the last. 10, 20 years, the the stages are just gorgeous. They got all these lighting effects, lots of fun costumes, dancing. It's really cool. And a lot of like American singing competitions, a lot of people only watch to see all the people who are terrible in like America's <laughs> Got Talent and and stuff like that. It's just, you know, a big part of it is the people who are terrible. It's about the like judges' personalities, like Simon Cowell or uh I cannot remember any other judge's name. Uh, Heidi Klum. Yeah, she's on America's yeah, Got we Talent. Go. There we go. Yeah. Uh, Howie Mandel. There yeah. we go. He's yeah. yeah. But it's just like so much of these competitions are about them and kind of their personalities interacting with the performances. Um, and then, you know, there's like how valid are these judges as these critiques of all music and comedy and ventriloquism and every other talent that shows up it's really cool to have this contest that's just so focused on the music and the performance and it's kind of it's kind of the olympics of music but for you know european countries but it's really cool because it's just like here's the best our country's got to offer we're going to do the coolest possible performance we can yeah here like the same with like the voice and the X Factor, like they like a lot of the show has to do with the the judges' personality. But Eurovision, it doesn't have any judges. I mean, obviously you're voting on it, but like there's you just see the performances, and that's what it's like about. So it's like another big thing also is that there's like such a diversity of like music yes, that goes yes. into there. It's like so uh, it's on Eurovision, and so it broadcasts to like everywhere you could like imagine in Europe basically but um Eurovision also broadcast to other areas so like this includes like pretty much everywhere on like the Mediterranean so like areas in like Morocco and Nigeria um Turkey um Israel um and then all like Eastern European states as well um so like it really does like have a very wide reach so like you just get a huge variety of music and like there's definitely been a push more toward like singing in English and stuff but that honestly hasn't seemed to stop like innovation and like making cooler Mm -hmm. and cooler music like as I mentioned Cooper and I uh, did some extensive research (laughs) on the uh, especially the winners of um uh the the last every competition and um like at the beginning like as the song competition, it was a lot of just like you sing in front of a microscope. It was a lot of like you sing, French singing. You sing in front of a microphone. Yes. Yeah. There was there was a lot of like uh, there was a lot of singing in French. A lot of 
and English. French and English seemed to be the main two. French, a lot of like ballads in French. Um, it was fun to watch those early clips. You know, they're very, they're kind of nostalgic in that black and white kind of sound. And then that sound that you get from old recordings. It was very cool. But as you move further and uh, further into Eurovision, into the more modern era, uh, it's definitely a lot of English singing, but you also get a lot more diversity in terms of that nation's uh, personal language as well. And I think that's really cool to hear songs in other languages. Yeah, it's definitely cool. Or just like how each country like brings its own like culturally like unique sounds to English or like yeah. another language. So like the 2022 winners, Ukraine, Go Ukraine. Go Ukraine. Yeah. Um, they like had like traditional instruments, wore like traditional Ukrainian clothes. They're like break dancing. The lead singers got like a beautiful pink bucket hat Just on. Just the hugest pink bucket yes. hat. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And like there's one guy I love in the band. He's got, he's holding like a flute type of instrument. And so he's got like, you know, two hands on it, you know, one's kind of near the, the front towards his face, and then the other's, like, got to hold it out on the farther end. And he's just, like, dancing around so and, good. like, waving so around. Good. It is so good. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's so much fun to see the kind of general consensus of music, but then combine that with each country's kind of personal, like, style and how they like uh, performing. It's, it's a really cool time. Yeah, I mean, like, even, like, you know, I can't, it's hard to put your finger on it, but, like, even songs that just seem, like, more normal or, like, just mm -hmm. more of what you would see in the U.S. or, like, U.S. singing competitions, they're just still, like, different for some reason. Well, and you see a lot of experimentation, too. I yeah. think there's that, that one song, uh, Toy, that got really popular yeah, over here. Yeah, yeah. I cannot imagine any singer over here being like, I'm going to put chicken noises into my song, <laughs> and that's going to work. And it did work. It's such a fun song. The, uh, and to, to clarify here, they weren't like the noises of a chicken. It was like the singer made chicken noises. Yes, yes. And, and like to the rhythm, like with a beat, I was like, I don't, I don't know how you pulled that off, but you did it was pretty great it was pretty great and like the, i mean like the singing's different but then also the performances are different like mm -hmm. the yeah icelandic ones uh yes. think about me is the name of the song great song so good, Suggest so good. It. dancing even better <laughs> i'm the, the best <laughs> dancing the best dancing i I love it so much. So many of these performances you see on Eurovision have the most complicated, like uh, some really complicated and engaging like dance performances. And these guys go up there and just do the, the best dance, like waving their arms. It's I can't explain it, but I will quote a random YouTube comment I found where they said that finally a band that represents how all of us dance. It's it's it was wonderful. It was wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful. And it's like it's it's wonderful. Yeah, really, really fun time. Now, uh, as with anything, uh, there have been some controversies involved with Eurovision, and it's kind of interesting to look at what some of these are. Uh, as we mentioned before, uh, Ukraine won last year. Congratulations to Ukraine. But there's been a history, actually, of because of politics that surround these countries, you know, Ukraine and Russia having issues with like some of the music that's performed feeling very like 
having a political message to it, trying to communicate something. And it's even led to uh, certain titles being changed or certain songs not actually being shown in other countries. Um, Russia was banned from participating in the last uh, Eurovision competition because of the war. Um, but there's other countries, too, that have had some fights kind of about this. Uh, Israel is a fairly common per, uh, participant in Eurovision, and the Arab countries do not participate when Israel's participating. Uh, there's only been one time, even though they are, of course, invited, uh, there's only been one time where an Arab state has entered Eurovision, uh, Morocco, and it was the one year when Israel was absent. And in times when Israel is one, you know, in certain countries, when a certain other competitor was about to win or perform the winning song, the broadcast would just cut in that country because they didn't want to acknowledge that that country was winning. It's just like a really weird thing for a competition to have so much political background sort of tensions happening, but it's really hard to avoid when, again, you've got this art form, you know, an art form that's being presented across the country in kind of a unified competition like this. It's uh, it's difficult to, you know, get around that sometimes, even if they're, they're trying to make the competition as apolitical as possible. There's also, like, a lot of LGBTQ visibility. Yes. Which is... Yes awesome very awesome um you know if you've ever seen this meme or video or something of like a singer and like they've got like you know very long hair makeup like a woman and then also a beard like yes. you've probably seen it like that is from eurovision yeah she was a, a drag queen uh who won the competition uh very cool moment and uh gave a talk afterwards a speech kind of hoping to shed some visibility on LGBTQ to some of these other countries that perhaps are not as welcoming to that. Um, which again, you know, is it's really cool for them to have this platform. Yeah, and there's also, there's, there's like a lot of other examples too. Um, there was uh, 2013, there was Marry Me, uh, which included a same-sex kiss scandal. <gasps> oh my gosh! Um, with one of her female back dancers, um, and then there was also two male dancers, 2018, uh, portraying a same-sex relationship. Like I mentioned, there's multiple drag performers actually, um, and they make it even more iconic. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, of course. Uh, this does also upset the particularly uh, uh, homophobic of countries. Right. Yes. Right. Like Russia's like got criticism. Um, China, they don't. That sounds like a bad American competition. Russia's got criticism. <laughs> instead, of, instead of America's got talents, Russia's got criticism. They've got problems with this. Yeah. A lot of what times what happens is they just stop broadcasting it whenever this happens which they're really missing out yeah i want to know what happens when they stop broadcasting it does it just go to like to the kind of blank screen or is there kind of a you know like one of those old movies we'll be right back after the, like suddenly a commercial just pops in in the middle of a singing competition uh wikipedia is also informing us that um the uh 
rise of anti-LGBT sentiment in Europe has led to a marked increase in booing from contest audiences, particularly since the introduction of a quote-unquote gay propaganda law in Russia, which oh. happened in 2013. Wow. So, not good. No, not good. Not, not good. good. Going back to our extensive research. Right. We like we kind of talked about this before, but like we noted like in watching like the performers over the years that like very much like slowly it became from that singing in front of a microphone. Right. Um right. and like then there was like, oh now we're introducing like orchestras in the background and then we're introducing like more light, more shows, and then like slowly, you know, technology is advancing. All of a sudden your microphone doesn't have to stay attached to a cord. Crazy. Pretty crazy. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you can just move around a bunch and like just as this is all happening we're just like developing into the eurovision today when this like crazy performances and like light shows and it's like super awesome it's really cool to see you know the progression of it growing from just like a pretty standard singing competition to full-on performances with lights and music and dancing and i think that makes it really good that they have such a generic name with song contest uh, because it really is just about everything included in the song, you know, the performance, the the music, um, everything. It's really cool. It's uh, I did see, interestingly enough, you are not allowed to perform a song that doesn't have singing and lyrics. It has to have um, some mm-hmm. vocal element to it, uh, which I think is pretty interesting and I guess kind of keeps it with its roots yeah. in the uh, the earlier yeah. examples we saw. Um, another interesting thing I I think you notice when you watch them all, all the winners in a row like we did, um, it, there's a lot of ballads uh, earlier on. We tend to see a lot more focus on ballads being the winners, and as uh, time progresses, it becomes a lot more kind of like dance music. Uh, obviously, ballads still win for, sometimes <laughs> for sure, but, uh, you know, they weren't necessarily doing crazy dance music as winners uh, back in the 1960s uh, when these contests, around when these contests were starting. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd say, like, one of the things is that, like, you know, it has to be lyrical, of course, and, like, as we, you know, there's the progression, like, towards just being more and more of, like, a performance and not just, like, singing. And I feel like that's, like, such at the heart of it is, like, it's about, like not just, you know, are these impressive vocals, you know, but like, what, what do you look like when you're doing it? Like, that is such a big part of it, especially like that totally makes sense if you have like, everybody's just voting on it, Mm -hmm. you know, Yeah. then it's like, how do you stand out? Well, you have the best dance in the world. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes you stand out just by doing a genre you don't see very often. I mean, Eurovision has a ton of different genres of music you see there. I mentioned, you know, ballads, but there's hip hop, R&B, country, (laughs) jazz, uh, heavy metal. I mean, they, they cover a wide range and it's extra fun when you see some of these crazier genres representing that entire country for the year it's like all right sweden getting getting crazy with some of your some of your music genres and speaking of that there's uh, also been some pretty like well-known bands that have performed i'm not necessarily a huge 
I don't keep up with a lot of different music artists, but even I know ABBA and yes. ABBA won one time, which is pretty awesome. Yes, ABBA did win for Sweden way back in the the years. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Like just going through this list of all these Eurovision winners, and then suddenly you're like, "Hey, I know them. It's yeah. ABBA." Yeah. No, but like that, I'm like, I think that's part of the difference between like American comps too. Is that like with the American competitions, it really, like, there is much more emphasis on, like, you know, how impressive is your vocal range or, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. you know, the singing itself. And so it just, it leans much more toward, like, pop music and just more things that will, like, show off your singing, which is kind of more like, like, the earlier days of Eurovision when it was, yeah, like, yeah. you know, how well can I perform this song that's, like, you know in French, you know, this classical thing, because yeah, that's yeah. also something we saw that like in the, the earlier years is that it was a lot of French songs, you know, whether even if it was like from Switzerland or France or Belgium, it was like a lot of like French words. It is a romance language. It, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Works well yes. for those sorts of songs. Well, I mean, but it's, you know, it's a lot to do with what's popular at the time. Yeah, you yeah. know, That's actually something where Eurovision has a, gone back and forth on a rule we found. Uh, there was a time when Eurovision mandated that any country performing a song must perform the song in one of the country's like national languages. And that has since been removed, but they went back and forth on that rule a couple times, uh, partially because, you know, some of these other countries would perform these English or French songs. And it's like, why don't, why are you performing our songs? Go perform one of your songs, I guess. I don't know why that bothered them so much, but it is really cool to see, even though the rule isn't there anymore, it's still really cool to see a lot of songs being performed in the native languages of their countries. Uh, that still does happen a lot, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's something, like, I feel, like, a little mixed on it because when it's performed in, like, the native language, then it's, like, it's really, really something that I, like, mm -hmm. haven't heard before. Yeah. But yeah. then, like when you like let people like use their own languages one i mean like you sh just kind of should let people use whatever language they right, want right. you know but then the other thing is just like how do they bring those sounds like from their language or from music that was traditionally in that language to a different language like mm -hmm. yeah that's like it really cool it's you know? really cool to hear songs be like really successfully translated into other languages i haven't heard it a lot but there's like a couple of songs i've heard where just some really interesting language translations. Like uh, I heard Shape of You translated into Spanish, and I was like, wow, that works really well. Uh, the weirdest one I ever saw was Never Gonna Give You Up translated into Japanese, and I cannot tell you how well it worked. It was so funny. Um, but yeah, you know, it's really cool sometimes to see that. And I, I, I don't think it can be argued too much that there is this sense of broad appeal uh, that you get sometimes it is a it is a contest after all and people like well a lot of people I think like hearing songs in their own language uh, I don't know if I necessarily care that much I think it's really cool to hear other languages but I also do like hearing people singing in English with their native accent though that's really cool I think that's really awesome yeah but like I mean usually like accents are dropped like that's a good point when you're singing that's like, a good point I mean, like, even with, like, British or Irish singers, like, usually, like, you just don't hear the accent and, like, they drop into, like, a very, like, speaky tone. That is a good point. That their, is a good point. Their, you know, which is an interesting, very separate, but very interesting topic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
but Eurovision still is just fantastic. <laughs> it's just it's just too good for its own good. This is very much me saying watch Eurovision. Absolutely. Like, this this whole thing is just us trying to tell you, hey, you should watch Eurovision. Um it's better than any of the music competitions here. And uh yeah, it's really cool. You should check it out. I think one of the reasons that uh it's another reason it's a lot cooler than a lot of American singing competitions, a lot of American competitions and game shows in general very much focus on the everyman where it's like, hey, anyone could participate and do well or be terrible. And sometimes you just want to watch professionals be really good at something like the Olympics. I would the OK, actually, the Olympics would be kind of funny if there were just average people competing in that. <laughs> yes. But it's also really cool <laughs> to see these people who are just the best at what they do compete at this. And I think you get that same sort of thing in Eurovision where it is just these amazing bands who their countries know are great and other people know are great and now they're all competing. And so you just get a ton of really great music. That's just as good as it can be. Yeah. And that's like, definitely like, like we said before, like ABBA, you know, like played for Sweden. Like it doesn't, you know, they're not like, these are these are artists that are like already out there basically, you know, or maybe this is their debut or something, you know. But it's really like the the countries like or their broadcasting stations that participate, you know, like they're just like, ah, we love these guys. We're gonna send them. <laughs> We're gonna send them to Eurovision. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, so it's like, hey, if Abba's there, then you know it's gotta be you good. You know it's gotta be good. Yeah. So Celine Dion won for Switzerland in nineteen eighty eight. She's not Swiss. Yeah, that's like, we wondered about that, where it's like, do the performers have to, like, live in that country? Like, what are the rules here? So that was that was an interesting thing we saw with uh, Celine Dion performing for Switzerland. Um, we're not totally sure on the rules of that. Kind of interesting. Okay, so, so here's some, I don't know if you'll recognize them, but there's supposedly have gotten considerable success um before um but there's before they participated in uh eurovision which is lulu toto kutungo katrina and the waves um nana muscori cliff richard bacara umberto tazi plastic bertrand lost ketchup Lost ketchup? <laughs> yes, no lost way. ketchup. Yes. That's great. Yes. Bonnie Ty Flo Rita. Hold up. Wait, what? No way. Flo Rita himself performed? This is just another example of our impeccable research we've <laughs> yes. done. Being surprised <laughs> mid podcast. Who did he perform for? He performed for so Florida. <laughs> for wait, what? Or did he just open for the semifinal? Because they have open people who open the the competition. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so Madonna also apparently performed in 2019. Interesting controversy here, controversial thing. Um, apparently, some of her dancers had like Israeli and Palestinian flags on their costumes. Which apparently also violates the European Broadcasting Union's policies for the contest, um, what? which is intended to be non-political. I appreciate how like ah, it's supposed to be non-political, and then everybody voted for Ukraine in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it 
deserved it. Oh, like, for sure. Don't get me wrong. Like that song is a bop. It's very like, hard, I would imagine, to make a big competition like this non-political when, you know, there's so many politics that are going to be happening between these countries anyways. Um, I didn't realize flags on stage was considered a, uh, a violation, though, because you'll notice uh, if you watch footage of these competitions, they're, the crowd of people always got flags of their countries that they're holding, but uh, I suppose it's okay if it's the audience. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely different, but like, I mean, that's a that's a whole different conversation of like non-political stuff. Yeah, definitely way better than American competitions because I, I there's definitely that big thing of like judge personalities. Oh my gosh, yeah, American things, and I like okay, I was watching uh, Master Chef last night because <laughs> <laughs> one of my roommates put it on, but it, like it did occur to me that like it's the same with like seeing competitions as like. American TV relies so much on like reality TV yes. like concepts basically or like getting you invested into you know the characters that are there oh in order gosh, to get yeah. you to watch you yeah, know? It's like, it was working yeah um, oh it always it always works <laughs> but it's you're like begrudging while it's working you're like watching this contestant come out on America's Got Talent and it's like yeah uh, two days ago my house burnt down in a fire and I broke my leg and I'm going to be a paraplegic for the rest of my life and it's like I am so sorry for you and it, it really it tugs at the heartstrings but also sometimes you're like I just want to watch I just want to listen to some great music and not have all of the reality to show stuff kind of weighing it down and man the, all the editing that happens with those reality competitions, even when people win and it's like this big, amazing moment, there's always a part of me that's like, I know things have been edited differently. The audience reactions are all fake. The judges may not even be reacting to that with the face we see. There's a lot of editing that goes down because the competitions over here are just reality shows. They're just reality shows. They and reality shows, are, yeah. as we all know, are not real. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, it's like, but like with Eurovision, it's just like they perform live. Do you like them or do you not? You know, like you, there's no need for like other people to have their opinion in there. Cause like even like America's Got Talent with their like live voting, you still have the judges there. Right. It's right. like, I mean, why do you even need the judges? You know, like, yeah, what, yeah. Are, what, are, what are they doing? I mean, like, you know, with the, the like auditions ones and they choose to get like who goes in, you know, but like beyond that you know yeah it's do we like, really still need simon cowell after round one do we still need him every every group or singer that performs has a different personality yeah like, oh my gosh and they, that, that comes across in the performance it is it, very cool it definitely does and it's like i don't know like how well this represents other european tv um right. but like it's just like we don't we don't have anything similar in the U.S. And you know what? I'm going to I'm going to say it. it's educational. <laughs> I don't know so many country names. I'm so bad with geography. Man, these these performers come up representing their country. I'm like, nice. This is awesome. I now know a little bit more about this country than I knew before. <laughs> it's really cool to see a lot of diversity up there in terms of all the different countries and who they're representing and the styles of music. Yeah, definitely, like, because, like, definitely, like, the styles of music thing, again, it's, like, 
everybody's like trying to stand out but they don't stand out by doing like the same thing but in a different way <laughs> you know not that that like like it isn't like some diversity or like stuff in american competitions but it's like again like much more limited to like you know pop songs and stuff yeah. you know like yeah. really trying to like reach the widest audience with like what's worked in the past but like with eurovision it's just like we're gonna make something and we're gonna put it out there and it's gonna be crazy you know like it's experimental <laughs> it is and, like honestly i mean like i could hammer this point in about like anything with like our related stuff you right, know it's right. like you know when you experiment and like try new things and like have all these like different influences then like you get something cool yeah usually yeah. i mean like not necessarily you know it can go right, very it's not guaranteed. Wrong, <laughs> you know but you know like so can like sticking to tried and true old ways that are oh, popular yeah. and are just gonna be like oh this song's good yeah yeah it's it's all about the performance and it's really awesome like even aside from the singing i'm a huge fan of like light shows and the amount of uh and the amount of experimenting these performers do with like their backgrounds with the lighting and the visuals all spinning around it's it's amazing it's crazy how how creative some of these just the backdrops are for these singers which again speaks to how far it's come from its origin and you know 1959 or whatever it's uh 56 it's 56 yes <gasps> i got it wrong <laughs> i should have been checking the wikipedia more closely and there's more countries that could be participating than are. For instance, the uh, uh, Arabic countries. Yeah. Or the Arab countries, my bad. Come on, guys. <laughs> it can't be that bad. Just try it. It'll be fun. I promise. Well, like, they've got the, like, there's the picture where, um, I don't know where it was, but it was, like, a, a mural that was, like, boycott, Eurovision, um, like, you know, basically, like, for Palestine. Mm -hmm. Um, because of Israel and then I'm like I mean it was a good song mm -hmm. toy that was a good song. toy it's so good you yeah. know that's something underrated about Eurovision too how much is done for American meme culture yes. like how many I couldn't I was so surprised going through this list of all the Eurovision winners how many of these songs I recognized from like TikTok or YouTube yes, videos yes yes there's like one TikTok I saw a, a bunch and it like uh what was it it was it was one of the winners and is a guy with a violin and he's like going hard on the violin and he puts it down oh uh fairy tale that's what it's called there we are yeah yeah no that one i don't know why i saw it so much in just like one span of time that shows my internet things but uh <laughs> <laughs> It was just like the same clip and it was like everybody yeah. loved it and there's a classic one I remember from more than a more than a few years ago, I think, but I remember it was one of the very first times I saw anything from your vision, which was Epic Sax Guy. He <clears throat> that was like that was such a huge like meme for a while on YouTube, just this guy playing the saxophone and it just getting looped yes. over and over. And that was from your vision. And the whole song is great, by the way, not just the saxophone part. Although the saxophone part is pretty awesome, and I understand why it got made into a meme, and uh, yeah, it's it's that was that was like a classic early Eurovision meme that I remember seeing and just loving. It was so great. Oh yeah, I gotta watch this gift now. 
<laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, classic. It's too good. The best part, too, is that they seem to really respond well to the meme that got made of it. They made like a music video or another song afterwards. And if you watch that, there's so much emphasis put on their saxophone guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> Everyone loves saxophone guy. Let's give the people what they want. Yeah. More of the saxophone guy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They're like, they're just doing that controversial Elvis thing, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, like, honestly, like, basically, like, you can imagine Eurovision is just like a bunch of different, like, same kind of Elvis controversies of, like, <laughs> you know, you love the music, but, like, the dance moves are, like, making it something else and, like, giving it extra attention, you know? For sure. I mean, it's even better than Elvis, let's be real here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're biased. A little biased, We're a little yes. biased. I mean, there's there's other reasons it's different than Elvis. But. Just like one or two. <laughs> Just like one or two reasons Eurovision is different from Elvis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Few reasons. Yeah. I believe that that song with the saxophone guy was also the one that started with a lady spinning around really fast playing the violin at the very beginning. Like, Completely different like, looking arrows. Totally different. And also the girl, like, she's got, like, Viking paint on her yeah, face. Yeah, like the blue, the blue paint right? over her you eyes. You just, like, don't get this. You know, we're just... Yeah. Rock, hard rock hallelujah. <laughs> this one, where, so, like... Courtesy of Finland. Uh, yes, yes, courtesy of Finland in 2006. Um... And, um, wait, fin wait, why does it say I also that? love, it is, it is Hard Rock Hallelujah performed by Lordy. <laughs> oh, Lordy. What do you even like, describe that as? Like, I would say, like, you know, like, almost, like, stereotypical, like, devil or monster costumes, you I'm know? I'm seeing, like, Lord of like, the Rings Like, there orcs. is, like, the only, like, human skin visible is, like, hands for instruments. One guy, okay, one guy's, like, on ice skates on the same platform as the other guy's barefoot. Um, yeah. Like, like how does that work? I don't know. I don't I don't think it was I don't know how they they're pulling it off. But yes. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. To us uh, Cooper and I talking about how awesome Eurovision is. So awesome. Yep. Um you could be a volunteer just like Cooper. Yeah. Come also do podcasts See? like this. Cooper also says it's good. It's not just me. Yeah, it's it's fun, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's fun. Don't worry, you won't even have to hear yourself talk. I'm unless you want to, unless you, you can want also to. edit unless your you podcast. To. You can yeah. edit podcasts for me. Yeah, I am scared to hear my own voice, but I've been enjoying this, so I'm sure it will be great. I'm sure it will be great. <laughs> All right. Any final comments? Uh, watch Eurovision. <laughs> watch Eurovision. <laughs> All right, so that's your, your lesson for today. Thanks again for listening in to Be On The Page. You can check us out at prism.orangemedianetwork.com where you can find our blog posts and more episodes of Be On The Page.